I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so we're down to the final four in baseball. The National League, I guess really, you know, the, the two teams that are left, you could have probably predicted them. Most people did, as being Atlanta and uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, maybe a surprise in the American League that the Houston Astros who got into the playoffs as an under 500 team uh, without their uh, best pitcher in Justin Verlander and even losing Garrett Cole that got this far under the leadership of Dusty Baker. We get the opinion of our buddy Scott Lauber, who covers the Phillies and loves everything about Major League Baseball from the Inquirer. We haven't spoke to you in a while. Scott, let me just start right off the top by asking you, not whether you were shocked or surprised, but... Just the way the whole thing went down with Matt Clintac, was it exactly what you expected to happen? Hey, Ricky. Um, no, I, it wasn't exactly how I expected. Um, you know, I I kind of thought that um, – well, I kind of thought it would be a little bit cleaner than it was. You know, the, so did the notion I. that mm-hmm. – you know, the, the, I guess is the best way to say it. I mean, the, the idea that he is – uh, still in the organization, Matt Quintack is the idea that they that that Andy McPhail is still the team president. That um, John Middleton did not say definitively that they would hire a new general manager this this year. I mean, it's conceivable that they go into 2021 with McPhail as the team president, and Ned Rice as the interim GM. And I, I I don't know if I what percentage I'd put on that happening, but you know, it's certainly one of the one of the possibilities. And I did not see that as a possibility at all. So um, I think that there's still a lot going on. I, I wrote today in a story that went up this morning and will be in tomorrow's inquiry that, you know, I, I've had some people tell me that they think that Middleton is struggling a little bit with Andy McPhail in terms of what, um, what to do there. Uh, he wants to retain him in some capacity. You could tell last week when we talked to Middleton how much he values McPhail's experience and opinion, but I also feel like, um, or I've been told that Middleton sort of feels like maybe they need to move forward with a new team president as well and, and, and hire two people, not one, a president and a general manager. Um, so I, I just, I think that there's still a lot that's unsettled and uh, time's, you know, time's moving here. Uh, we're already into the uh, uh, LCS round now of the playoffs and the Phillies have a lot to do this offseason, so you'd like to think that they're going to get their front office situation figured out, and I just I don't know what the timetable is for that right now. Does your gut tell you, as mine does, 
that maybe Andy McPhail, the and I hate to use you know a cliche, but maybe the 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 modern, the way the game is played today and is operated today, that maybe the game has you know passed him by a little bit. I don't know if I'd say that. Um, it, it's hard to say one way or the other because you know I think that McPhail uh, did a lot of. I, I don't. I don't know if he delegated to Matt Klintak. He certainly took a hands-off approach to the base, the day-to-day baseball operations and let Matt Klintak sort of uh, operate without as much oversight as um, I think a lot of people initially thought that, that there would be. And look, he said it himself a couple of years ago. He said he didn't want to be a micromanager and he wanted to let Klintak grow into that role. And he very much did that. Um, you know, from a day-to-day perspective, I don't know how much Andy McPhail had to say over what was going on. He certainly had um, a voice uh, over some of the bigger decisions, uh, like Joe Girardi, like Bryce Harper, and things of that nature. But, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you know, like trading uh, Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebel to the Red Sox for Brandon Workman and Heath Embry, I don't, I don't think Andy McPhail was that involved in that. I think that was a Matt Klintak operation. And so it's difficult to sit here and say, like, you know, McPhail still got his fastball or not, because I don't think he was throwing very much huh, at all the right. last few years. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's certainly been a long time uh, since he won those two World Series in Minnesota. And, you know, that was sort of Middleton's defense of McPhail last week, was you, you do know that he's won two World Series. And, you know, yeah, he has, and you can't take that away from him, but they were they were a long time ago. Oh, exactly. Looking at the National League's Eastern Division right now, okay, who do you think is trending up? Who do you think is trending down? And who do you think is treading water? I'll give you mine, okay? I, I really do think Atlanta, you know, they're in the uh, in the NLCS. I think they're still trending up. Mm-hmm. I think the maybe the Nationals are trending down. But Miami has taken a quantum leap. I don't think this is just an an outlier, what we saw here of the Marlins getting into the playoffs. Those young arms are only going to get better and better, Scott. And with new Mets ownership, I know nothing's in place yet, but, you know, what we're made to believe is that Steve Cohen is going to make a major investment into this team and that really the Mets have only one way to go but up. And the Phillies, when I look at the Phillies, it's it's almost as if they're in sort of a divisional purgatory. You don't know whether they're trending up or whether they're trending down. I, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with you. So, look, the Braves, to me, are very much the class of, of the division. The fact that they've been able to do what they've been able to do um, in a year in which they lost so much in their starting rotation. You know, Soroka was gone most of the year. Hamels was barely even there. Uh, Fultonevich went down to, to, to the minor league, well, to, to the alternate site uh, after being ineffective. Um, you look at what they've got in a young pitcher like Ian Anderson, who, by the way, was taking two picks after Mickey Moniak in 2016. So for everyone out there, including John Middleton, who says the 2016 draft, first round of the 2016 draft was a wasteland. You know, Ian Anderson's got his hand raised pretty high right now in Atlanta saying, you know, uh, he's a pretty good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and with the development of Max Freed and their lineup is, is ridiculous. Um, they are very much the class of the division. The Nationals, I think, you know, look, it all, it all rides on their pitching. It always has. And, 
you know, um, last year when they had uh, Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin, um, you know, healthy and and pitching to their capability, look at what happened. They won the World Series. You know, they are a snap of the fingers back, uh, you know, away from being right back to that again next year. If Scherzer comes back, if Strasburg comes back healthy from his surgery, um, but you know, it also kind of feels a little precarious because we know how pitching can be. Right. And, you know, if one or two of those guys, you know, if Scherzer is sort of on the downslope now, maybe, uh, or if or if Strasburg's not healthy, you know, so I think that they're certainly a notch below the Braves. It feels like I guess you could put them in the treading water category because I think that they need to make some improvements. They obviously missed Anthony Rendon this year. Uh, in a big way in their lineup. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's a team that could go either way. Um, you know, the Marlins, you have to, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, we're going to be talking about, you know, going into next year, was it a 60-game fluke? Are they really this good? But you pointed to the pitching with Alcantara and, of course, Sanchez and Lopez. Um, you know, there are some good arms there. And, um, you know, that's a team that's, at the very least, the arrows pointing upward. And the Mets and Phillies, to me, are kind of, you know, Question kind mark. of in the middle right. in terms of, like, it could go either way. And I think it's a very important offseason for both. How is baseball well, – you know, there are certain things, you know, Scott, that we have no idea. We don't know moving forward really how the the virus situation is going to affect the 2021 season. Uh, we can only speculate, but nobody – no one really knows. But from a revenue standpoint – and from the ability to teams to make drastic changes to their roster one way or the other this offseason, you know, how how tied are GMs and owners, how tied are their hands going to be with the just general uncertainty that we still have in our lives? Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting offseason. Um, I would say it's going to be like no other offseason, but, you know, uh, this whole year is kind of like no other year. So it'll be a continuation of that. Like you said, I mean, nobody knows um, nobody knows uh, how filled the ballparks will be next year, uh, whether it will be, you know, 20% capacity, whether it will be larger than that, lower than that, right out of the gate. Who knows? Um, it all depends on how this winter goes and how the virus goes and when we get a vaccine and all of those things. So I think teams are going to have to operate uh, a little bit more conservatively uh, than they have in the past. Um, and I, I really think that if you are in that middle class of free agents, uh, certainly the, the lower class of free agents, but even the middle class, if you are in the in that gray area about, you know, tender, non-tender, um, you know, if you're a guy like, let's say, Vince Velasquez, right? You mm-hmm. made $3.5 million this year, or at least that was his salary. That's what he would have made. Uh, he's arbitration eligible. He's due for a bump um, for a raise. You know, does he, you know, in a normal year, you'd say, yeah, sure, fine. You know, you tender him the contract, you give him the raise. And again, you hope that you tap into that potential that we've talked about now for so many years. But if that salary is going to go to like five million and you're the Phillies, you say, you know what? I mean, that's a little too rich for our blood, given the situation and and the loss of revenues this year and things like that. Do players like that get non-tendered who wouldn't ordinarily be non-tendered? I think a lot of them will. So you know, I think teams are going to have to get a whole lot more creative. This is where, you know, teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, we look at what happened last night, right? Yeah. The guy who hit the home run, Mike Broso, <laughs> yeah. uh, is an undrafted player. Yeah, you're right. And they saw something in him and found something in him and signed him, and he just won them an ALCS. 
Um, it's probably an extreme example, but, you know, teams are going to have to get creative. They're going to have to find ways to improve their team that don't involve just spending money. Uh, I think scouting is going to become more important, and I think that, um, you know, the teams that can come up with creative solutions are going to be the ones that uh, that, that excel in, 20, in 2021. Is John Middleton himself really going to have to be the guy that uh, that ultimately makes the move to JT Realmuto, or you know, or just pulls out completely? I, I I'm not sure. Uh, my gut feeling is that you know this organization is not gung ho on the pursuit of Realmuto. Where do you think they are as far as JT, and maybe the resources are better spent elsewhere this winter? I think they really, really like him as a player, and, and they always have. And I, I think for all the talk about, well, the, the, the 6-0 trade and how he, how he pitched this year does not add any pressure, I think that's a, just a lot of noise. I think, it is, I think there is a lot of pressure uh, on them to re-sign JT. Um, so I think they want him back, but I think they have their price point, and um, you know, I wonder how much higher they're going to go than whatever that price point is. Um, you know, I, I put me in the put me in the group of people who think that if not for for the virus and if not for the shutdown, they would have they would have uh, worked out something uh, extension wise. I really do. I, I think that there's that there's a good chance they would have come to some agreement uh, on an extension had I, the virus I, not happened. I think it would have happened um, before opening day. I agree with you. It might have. I think that they were a little. I, I think that they were far apart. They're, they've been far apart the whole time, and. Um, you know, I, I look. Everyone says, "Oh, you just gotta you gotta beat the catcher record, right?" Which is twenty three million a year that Joe Maurer made. Uh, I think it's way more than that. I don't think they just want to real Muto's group. I don't think they just want to beat it. I think they want to shatter it. Okay. You know, I think they want to get to twenty five or twenty six million dollars a year, and I think they might want to get to six or seven years. So uh, the Phillies weren't going to go there. Uh, uh, or at least they they weren't intending to go there. So they'd be foolish. I think there's been a wide gap the yeah. whole time. They'd and, be foolish um, to go there, Scott. <clears throat> yeah, they probably would. Um, look at how the Mauer deal worked out, yeah. right? Um, you know, that was a guy who was an MVP and a batting champion, and uh, lost a lot of his offensive value when he had to come out from behind the plate. I'm not I'm not saying with Real Muto it'll be that drastic, but. Um, you know, it's, you could certainly see it going that way. So I think they really want to re-sign him. I think they're going to face serious competition to re-sign him. Um, you know, and, um, you know, I guess if I had to put a thing, I'd say, I'd say maybe it's 50-50. Right I, 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 at best, at best 50-50, especially with new ownership uh, taking over uh, uh, up in Queens. Last question. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I mean, you'd know this. The Yankees, right? No, nope, I nope. Mean, <laughs> Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez didn't play in most of the uh, division series. You know, could they trade Sanchez and go after Real Muto? No, I, I, think I, I think the Yankees. And you saw with Garrett Cole, if they do anything with their catching situation, is to take maybe. And I hate to use the term downgrade, but but maybe change direction. A guy okay. like like Kyle Higashioka, who is great. At blocking pitches, calling a yeah, game, sure the pitchers love throwing to this kid. You know the Yankees have enough offense in their lineup where they can afford to carry a quote unquote defensive, you know, pitcher savvy minded catcher and not have to have a heavy investment behind the plate because they've got so much power and they've got so much offense up and down that lineup. 
and especially with the revenue situation, nobody knows, you know, how many people are going to be allowed in the ballpark next year. Right. Uh, if anything, I think they'll take a step. And I hate to, like I said, I don't want to insult Kyle Higashioka, but, uh, you know, if you want to look at it as, as, as maybe, you know, taking the foot off the gas and mm-hmm. settling for a guy like Higashioka who Cole loves and Cole's the man, you know, as far right. as that pitching staff, he is now Higgy is, uh, is Cole's personal catcher. So I think the Yankees are not a, would not be a player for Real Muto. I think the Mets would definitely be a player. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting offseason. We will keep in touch with you as it uh, starts to develop. Who do you like in these uh, two series here quickly? I like the Rays um, because how do you not? Uh, pitching, they got tons and tons and tons of pitching, and mm-hmm. pitching wins. And you got all of the Dodgers. Um, I think it's the Dodgers' year. Mm-hmm. It's a chalk pick, so it's not the sexiest pick in the world. I just think it's their year. They're the best team, uh, and uh, I think it'll be Rays and Dodgers in the uh, in the World Series. So it's the Andrew Friedman World Series, basically. The Andrew Friedman World Series, right. You're right. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Scott, we'll talk along the way, my friend. Stay safe. Okay, you too. All Thanks. right. Everybody, read that piece tomorrow on the Inquirer. That's our buddy Scott Lauber. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.